Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome everyone to episode number 138 from Delving into Islam podcast. This is your host, Wa'il. And it is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and a privilege that I'm able to talk to you about the religion of Islam and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is allowing me to share my knowledge with you. Thank you so much for listening and participating and sending in all your questions and suggestions. Now, speaking of which, if you have any questions or suggestions, please email me at delvingintoislam at gmail.com. Again, delvingintoislam at gmail.com, and I will get back to you as soon as possible, inshallah. Also, if you uh, want to know about you know the, the release dates uh, of the episodes or the, you know, the time when we t- you know, go on a break, uh, ahead of time, then you can follow me on Instagram at Delving Into Islam Podcast. Again, Delving Into Islam Podcast. Uh, now, this podcast is for anyone, whether you are remotely curious about the religion of Islam, or if you're thinking about becoming a Muslim, or if you just became a Muslim, or if you've been a Muslim all of your life and just want to learn more about Islam, this podcast is for you, inshallah. Uh, now, before we get into today's topic, um, I wanna. I ha- there's a situation, something that happened, that I wanted to share with you guys. It's it's to me, it's just Subhanallah, very fascinating, and it's a manifestation of that the word of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala and the word of the Prophet truly makes sense, and they are truly, you know, they're not just predictions about the future and that's it. Like no, Subhanallah, it is true and it makes sense and it makes logical sense. Now, before I I tell you what happened, I want to also tell you that you know. Uh, Eid Mubarak to all of you. You know this 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 past uh, Wednesday was you know our uh, the day of Nahr or the day of Eid Eid al Adha. May Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. You know I hope you guys enjoyed it and you were you know happy with your families or you know with your friends with the Muslim community. It was such a blessed day, and you know may Allah Subhanahu wa Taala accept from all of us. So yeah, so. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because, you know, uh, during the Eid prayers, uh, I went, you know, with, with my family to go and perform, uh, you know, the Eid prayers, which is the takbirat, right? So you have like something called the takbirat, for those of you who don't know. Uh, during Eid, uh, you can, even before the day of, you know, of, of the prayers, before the day of Nahr, around the, the, the last 10 days before that day, we start, you know, whenever you can, you say you do something called takbirat, uh, and you say Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Walillahi alhamd. That's basically the takbirat of people when they are performing Hajj as well, and it's it's a sunnah. You know, it's a, it's a beautiful sunnah to do uh, before the salah. But then when you go to the salah, you start to do the prayers, to the eight prayers. You uh, the imam will start, you know, doing the takbirat And, you know, the Muslims will Before the salah, before the prayers, you know, start We start doing the takbirat for some time And then you you pray And then there is the sermon or the khutbah That's basically how the eight prayers, you know, are usually Now, here's the interesting part So, we we had two prayers uh, There was a prayer at, uh, I believe, 8 o'clock And then there was a prayer at 9 o'clock or 9.30 so we went to the early one, to the eight o'clock one, and what happened is we were late by a few minutes, literally a few minutes, and of course, we missed the prayer. Like we went there, I was parking, and the the prayer was already 
taken place. They were already, you know, in the middle of the prayers. And I was really upset, but, you know, we attended the khutbah. So we went there, we missed the prayers, but then we attended the khutbah, the, 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 the sermon, which is also a major, major, you know, thing for, you know, the eight prayers. After the khutbah was done, so we, we wanted to suggest, instead of waiting until uh, 9.30, right? Because we've been there since like, what, 8.05 or something like that. So instead of uh, um, waiting all the way until 9.30 and basically just do nothing, uh, we went to talk to the imam and we said, can we just do, we have, uh, the, by the way, there was a huge amount of crowd who did not pray, who intended to go to pray at 8 o'clock. But there was like some traffic issues because again, tra- around 8 is, is rush hour. So all everybody's going to work. So there was a huge traffic issue. They even relocated the entrance. So you had to do, it was like a lot of complications that made a lot of people late. So we went to the imam and we said, hey, there's a lot of us. Can we do the, since we already attended the khutbah, we already attended the sermon. Can we do, you know, the prayers for those? We can, we, we could have done it together as jama'ah, but we wanted, we would rather the imam would lead the salah. And it's usually supposed to be, you know, that way. Uh, but, uh, and then he said, uh, let me see. And uh, he said, okay, how about we, you guys all come in. Uh, or everybody who missed the prayers, you know, the the of course the men in the front, the ladies in the back, and then we do the takbirat until we see if we're gonna do it or not. Then we were like, oh, wonderful, khalas, inshallah, he's gonna you know do it. And uh, for some reason they couldn't do it. For some reason they could not do the small you know prayer between the two prayers before the nine thirty. But here's the catch: from let's say eight. 15 because that was after the khutbah so from 8:15 until 9:30 we were doing takbirat that's a very long time to do takbirat by the way in the middle of it's it's first of all we were in a park there was no shades from the sun the area that we were at it was scorching hot. it was hot that day was hot like you know on Wednesday it was really hot the sun was very uh very rough and I was literally sitting down. I was not. We were sitting in front of the imam, right? And we were just sweating, just sweating. We're not moving. We're not doing anything. And we have kids, and everyone has kids, and the kids are melting. They're melting. They they they're freaking out. It's hot. It's, and we just keep you know kept doing takbirat. And I'm like, this is how are we gonna get to nine thirty? This was maybe in the after the first fifteen minutes. I started thinking. Why, like, we're gonna like do more than you know, maybe hour 15 minutes until you know the second congregation or the prayers start and people come with the with the uh, you know the weather conditions, how how hot it was. Um, I'm like, we're not gonna make it. This is it's, it's insane. And you see the energy, people started to you know lose energy, right? They started to they started Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allah, but then later on. You know, subhanAllah, their voices started to lower. They're like, Allahu Akbar, Allah. Because they realized this is going to be for more than an hour. And again, in in, in, in in some sort of a rough condition, for you know, in terms of weather. But here's the interesting part. The whole reason why I'm telling you this story is that the imam said, just guys, please, 
you know, bear with me. I, I understand this is difficult. And again, I still don't know why they didn't do it, but that's that's beside the point. Actually, uh, the, the wisdom behind it was, was wonderful. I'm going to tell you about it, inshallah. But uh, he said, just, you know, raise your voice, have some, you know, energy. I get it. But, you know, when you guys don't have energy in the front rows, you know, the, the people in the back rows won't have energy and all these things. So please just, you know, shout and yell and say, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, la ilaha illallah, and all these things, right? Then people started to, you know, shout. Energy, you know, boosting their energy. And wallahi, and this is... Again, this is my own experience. I did not feel the hour and 15 minutes. I didn't feel it. Yes, it was hot. I was sweating. But the time went by insanely fast. Wallahi, the time went by insanely fast. You know, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Lillahi alhamd, Allahu Akbar, kabira. It's like all the takbirat. And we kept repeating them. We're re- it's on repeat, right? Until an hour and 15 minutes passed by. Actually, it was even a little bit more. But every once in a while, I look at the time, I was like, whoa. Like just 20 minutes just passed. And I'm like, I didn't even feel. It felt more like 20 seconds. And... The reason why, the reason why was because of the takbirat. People, when they started shouting, it passes time. And that made me remember the hadith we talked about here on this podcast in the major science, by the way. Before the jail, before the Antichrist, when people will starve and, you know, uh, there will be drought for three years. Remember the three years before the Antichrist? Remember how we said people will survive? By saying, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Subhanallah, Allahu Akbar. And then people, we discussed this, by the way. This was a whole segment uh, in one of the episodes. And we said, how would people like feed themselves by just saying Allahu Akbar come on it's not enough Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar and you're just fed and we said Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is capable of making us feel like we're not hungry when we you know invoke his name when we say Allahu Akbar Wallahi I felt it on the day of Eid saying Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar really loud and passionately the time went by and I didn't even feel it. Which shows that this is a fact. It's not like a myth anymore. It's not like, subhanAllah, you know, oh, one day we'll see if we ever live, you know, through that time. We'll see if Allah Akbar would work or not. Of course, we believe the Prophet, but you, 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 don't under, you can't comprehend it because it's in the unseen. It's some sort of a miracle, right? No, I've witnessed it. And I'm pretty sure many Muslims on that day, in that place, witnessed it. Seeing Allah, wallahi, time, more than an hour and 15, like maybe an hour and 25 minutes. Almost an hour and a half. In a really, you know, bad weather. In a really hot weather. SubhanAllah went by extremely fast, just by saying the takbirat. I was just... Well, I was thinking about it while I was like, when I looked at the time and I'm like, it's almost time. Alhamdulillah. I was concerned in the beginning because of the kids and, and the kids with the, again, with the takbirat, because they were doing the takbirat. 
Yes, they were, of course, less tolerant than us, but it went by and they had fun after. There were like bouncy houses and whatever, but it went by fast for everyone. Subhanallah. And it was just a fascinating thing. Also, also, that was a, a blessing in disguise. Wallahi. Because people would say, ah, oh, why did we have to wait? We could have just went, played with our kids in the park, and then you know, came back at 9.30. We just sat there from 8.15 to 9.30, just doing takbirat, or even after 9.30, to just do takbirat. It's, it's, why did we do that? Guess what? You are getting rewarded like no one else on that day in that space, in that location. Because think about it. The people who came before you, they came, they said takbirat for a few minutes, by the way. They prayed and they left. The people who came at 9.30 will come for the first few minutes, say takbirat with us, and then they will pray, attend the khutbah and leave. You, on the other hand, us, our group, what did we do? From 8.15 until probably like 9.40, we were saying takbirat and it was hot and it was difficult and we didn't even feel it, but we got the rewards inshallah. Inshallah, we got the rewards which were better than both groups. The, the group who attended the 8 o'clock and the group who attended the 9.30. Alhamdulillah, this group and it tells you, the more it's difficult for you, the better the reward. This is Allah's promise to us. This is Allah's promise to us. So it was a blessing. It was a beautiful blessing, subhanAllah. And uh, so, yeah, that's, I just wanted, I know it's a, it was a long story, but it was just fascinating, the kind of conclusions that, I, you know, that came out of that uh, subhanAllah situation. So I know you're not here to hear about the takbirat. Hopefully some of you, you know, learned something from this, but this is just, again, fascinating, subhanAllah. Uh, but anyway, uh, now we... Today will be the conclusion of the uh, entire Ya'juj and Ma'juj story. And we said before that the story is uh, t- takes place in three time periods. The past, which is mentioned completely in the chapter of Gaf and in a few ahadith. And in the present time, which we discussed last episode, uh, you know, uh, where are the, 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 where are the, you know, the people of Ya'juj and Ma'juj? Where is that nation right now? Where is that wall? And we discuss all of that. And are they even alive right now? And how does that work? And we, alhamdulillah, you know, address that. So it, to just recap really quickly, you know, uh, Dhul Qarnayn, which is the king with the two horns, came across, you know, a weak nation. They were complaining about a, a, a vicious, evil nation, a nation of disbelievers called the nation of Gog and Magog or Ya'juj and Ma'juj. And they basically come kill everyone and they take uh, their provision. They'll eat their food, you know, kill their animals and take the animals to, you know, slaughter and eat and all these things. So they asked uh, Dhul Qarnayn to help him, you know, fight and battle that nation. And of course, Dhul Qarnayn did not have his army with him like we mentioned last time. So he built a wall, uh, and this is the whole story is mentioned in the chapter of Gaf. And but then when he built it, he said, "This will, this is a blessing from Allah." And basically, he said, "Those people will will not come out now. They won't attack you now. Don't worry about it. You don't have to worry about them anymore." However, and then he mentioned that on towards the day of time, when Allah's promise is fulfilled, that wall will be. It will crumble. It will be broken. It will be, you know, completely gone, and they will be unleashed to the rest of the world. Not just, you know, a small, weak nation, 
they will come for the rest of the world. Okay, and we mentioned that you know there are there's a, a minor debate because the majority of the scholars they know that okay from like we mentioned few ahadith regarding they exist right now this nation exists we don't know where and again it's not mind-boggling Allah's capable of hiding an entire nation right so uh, they basically are uh, uh, alive right now they're trying to get out but they can't. And uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not allowing them to. And we have the story that uh, they keep digging, digging, digging unless, until they see a little bit of a hole. And they get really tired and then they come back and they go to sleep and they come back the next day to try to you know, co- continue digging. But the, the wall rebuilds itself. And we have the famous hadith of the Prophet ﷺ when he said, you know, when he woke up uh, from his sleep and he had a bad vision and a, a concerning vision that the nation of Juj and Majuj are very close. They started digging and they're, uh, you know, they are alive right now. So they were really definitive hadith regarding are they alive or they're not right now. And they are, again, when people have a problem that how is an entire nation, we said, if we are, uh, if the believers right now are close to, uh, 2 billion or 1.8 but let's say we're close to 2 billion that means they are the, the nation of Yajuj and Majuj because the ratio is between them and the believers the Prophet said from every one of you talking to the companions to the believers there's a thousand of Yajuj and Majuj right we mentioned that and I know it was a little bit of confusing even when I heard it again I, I felt it was confusing but again from for every believer on earth for every believer ever created for every believer ever created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there is a thousand of Yajuj and Majuj. The ratio is one to thousand, which is insane. Their numbers are, you can't comprehend. You cannot comprehend their numbers. They are incredibly, incredibly huge and massive in numbers. So for every believer, there are there, there are thousands of, you know, a thousand of uh, Yajuj and Majuj. So if, let's say currently right now, we are let's say 2 billion, that means there are 2 trillion of them alive right now. Uh, so uh, now we also said, for those who say, well, how come Allah, how come there are, you can't see 2 trillion? Are you kidding me? And you can't see them? Allah is capable when it comes to the unseen, when it comes to the signs of the day of judgment. Allah is, you can't even, why are you questioning Allah? Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah will cause uh, the, 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 the ground uh, to literally sp- open its mouth as if it has a mouth, you know, it will just split open and swallow those who will go to attack Al Mahdi. Remember, we mentioned that story. Like, it's as if Earth is a living being who, who has a mouth and, you know, will open its mouth, will literally swallow an entire army of people who are going to go try to kill Al Mahdi. We mentioned that story in the transitional sign. It's a law, subhanahu wa ta'ala, we're talking about. So for the, for you to be like, well, this does not abide by you know our the, the laws of nature. Yes, it doesn't, because Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has His own laws that you know Allah does not abide by any laws. He creates the laws for us. He does not abide by those laws. Anyway, so that was the present time we talked about this. Now let's talk about the conclusion of this, the the future. What's going to happen towards the day of judgment? And uh, you know what is what what will be the scenario? Now let's go back to what happened when the Antichrist was defeated, 
when he was killed by uh, Prophet Isa alayhi salam. Uh, and you know the believers won against the disbelievers the army of the antichrist now after a little bit after a short time you know they will be happy they will be celebrating and after a short time allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will inform jesus christ that the nation of ya'juj and ma'juj are now out they're out so the promise that the Dhul Qarnayn, the king with the two horns mentioned in the chapter of Baqarah, Allah is fulfilling it now at that time. He will be fulfilling it at that time. The wall will crumble. SubhanAllah. Now, when the wall will crumble, and now how will it happen? Now, the, 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 again, the, the based on the hadith by the Prophet Sallallahu that they will keep digging until again, as usual, this is on loop, by the way. This happens on loop. They dig, they see a hole, but Allah causes them to feel tired. They go to sleep, they wake up, and the hole is basically blocked. And Allah rebuilds the wall. So they will keep digging, keep digging, keep digging until the lead, like they see the hole. And again, they will feel tired. But this time, their leader will say what? He will look at them and he said, and, and we mentioned this last time. He will say, inshallah, we'll come back tomorrow and continue digging. And again, even disbelievers, sometimes they invoke the name of Allah. Not that because they believe in him or that because they are, it just, it comes out like that spontaneously, subhanAllah. So, they will go to sleep, wake up, and the hole or the crack will still be there. That means... Mm, we can finish this now. We can finish this now. So they start digging, and once they start digging, the wall, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, will allow the wall to crumble completely, and then they will be unleashed. Again, remember the ratio. One, two thousand. Try to comprehend the numbers. Not a single movie, by the way, not a single fantasy or a single war movie that you will try to like, you know, imagine or, you know, bring some sort of a memory from will do justice to that insane scene of, again, one, two thousand. Like, again, if they come out now, they're about two trillion. Imagine the world is being attacked by two trillion. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. It's not even a fight. And that's indeed that that will indeed be the, the, the case. It won't be a fight. But anyway, they uh, will uh, start running again from everywhere, every corner, coming for the rest of the planet, basically. They are coming for the rest of the world. No exceptions here. They're coming for, they're disbelievers. They're a nation of disbelievers. They want to kill anyone. By the way, they are aiming to kill believers and disbelievers. They don't care who is that, who, who will they murder or, or kill. They're just coming for, by the way, animals. They will kill everything, everyone and everything, subhanAllah. Now, here's some interesting facts before we go on with the story. The Prophet ﷺ mentioned or insinuated in a hadith that Ya'juj and Ma'juj will be the last trial on earth. The last major trial, let's put it that way. The last major, not the last major sign, no, 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 no. This is early. The Ajuja Majuja is early in the beginning of the major signs. It is the it will be the last major trial, not sign. Because you had the trial of the right? 
that was a major trial, but it was the technically the, you know, I don't want to say the first because there are major trials that face the Ummah, the, the, the Muslims, the believers. But the gel is the most significant one. Again, by the way, remember, the gel is the most significant trial. The worst trial is the gel. Allah, we mentioned the multiple ahadith. The gel is the worst, the most difficult trial. The greatest trial will ever face mankind. However, the last major trial is not the jail. It won't end with the jail. The last major trial will be the nation of Ya'juj and Ma'juj, the, the unleashing or the releasing of the nation of Gog and Magog. So remember that. That will be the last major trial. As a matter of fact, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned something very interesting. There were these young converts during the time of the Prophet ﷺ who were eager to fight. I mean, again, adjust, they don't want to kill people. They just want to fight for the sake of Allah. A justifiable war. Go to justifiable war. And the Prophet ﷺ said, calm down. He was literally just, relax, relax. You're young. I get it. You're hot-headed. Got it. But this is what he mentioned. He said what? There will be plenty of war. Plenty of war. Plenty of fighting. Just, again, justified fighting. Until the time of Ya'juj and Ma'juj. Fighting will stop. Fighting, by the way, this, like, even during the time of Ya'juj and Ma'juj, there's actually no fighting. It's, it's not a, that's why we said the major, major, like, the final battle on earth, the final war was the Armageddon that we talked about last season. The final battle, like, the final, actually, two armies going, you know, head to head, fighting each other, will be during the time of Jesus Christ with the believers against the Antichrist and his followers. Okay, there will be no fights after this. Okay, so if you're saying this was the last fight, how come yeah, Judah Majuj will come with weapons and they will come to attack everyone? Well, it, will, it won't be a fight. We'll get to that in a second. We'll tell you the story. But like, yeah, there won't be a fight. Now, the interesting part about this is that the Prophet again, back to the hadith, he was saying, you're going to keep fighting and there will be trials until the time of Ya'juj and Ma'juj. This is when fighting will stop. War, it's, the concept of war will stop. The concept of war will stop. Okay? So that will make it, basically will mark it as the last major trial. Not the last major sign, like we said. The, there will be a lot of major signs after that. Like, how many now? This is the third. That means there are seven more. Because we said the major signs are ten. So there will be seven more. By the way, the, the, I think the ones that take the most time are the ones that we just concluded. And, and this one too, the, the, the first three. After that, it will be, they were not mentioned in a lot of detail. Not a lot of vivid detail. Maybe the last major sign is mentioned in a in some sort of a vivid detail, but all the signs between are we're gonna gloss over them inshallah very quickly. Like we might cover multiple multiple uh, signs, multiple major signs in one episode. That, that that's how quick. And again, we won't we don't have a lot of detail about many. We know they happen. We know maybe a few things about them, but that's about it, right? So anyway, so they will be the final major trial on earth. Okay? All right. And again, we know that from the Hadith of the Prophet, he said there will be a lot of fighting. There will be a lot of struggling. There will be a lot of trials until the time of Yajuj and Ma'juj. So that, that kind of solidifies that you know concept. Now, 
something very interesting. We said that, yeah, Juja Majujagan, when they are unleashed, they will cause mass extinction, extinction level uh, event. Their, their, their unleashing is an extinction level event. They will murder the, the overwhelming majority of mankind. The overwhelming majority, almost everyone, except for a few believers and a few disbelievers. Because disbelievers will exist, and we know uh, we'll, there's you know, proof of that. But there will be very minor. The majority of mankind, they will murder. They will kill. Everything and everyone in their way, they will kill. And by the way, it's not like they have a target. Like they don't have a, a destination to go to. They're just killing everyone in their way. They're just spreading now. They're like, mashallah, like I said, two trillion. Yeah, again, it's 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 an example. We don't know their numbers. Uh, you know, at the time that wow, how much they, you know, how many they will be. Uh, but we'll just say, let's say for now, there are two trillion, right? They're just walking, running. They're going, and they are killing everyone and everything in their way. They don't have a destination. They're just aimless. They want to end all of mankind. Okay. Now, the interesting hadith is that, yes, they will cause some sort of extinction, but there will be survivors. And the Prophet ﷺ comments on that in a hadith, and he said that, Ya'juj and Ma'juj will not be the end of civilization. They won't cause the end of time, basically. They won't cause the... Uh, people might argue all these times will be the times of the quote-unquote the apocalypse, Right? So, but they won't cause like the the end of life. There will be civilization after that. The Prophet literally said, "There will be uh, Muslims will be able to do Hajj, to farm, to cultivate, and more and more stuff, even after the time of Yajuj and Majuj." So that gives the believers some you know sense of comfort, right? Some sense of comfort because the Prophet is saying, "Don't worry." But again, you don't know who will survive and how many will survive, right? Uh, but the Prophet said, don't worry, the life will go on. There will be civilization. People will be able to do hajj. People will be able to perform, you know, uh, hajj and umrah and farm and basically shop and, and, and trade and cultivate and all these things after even, which shows you, by the way, think about it this way. If the Prophet uses Ya'juj Ma'juj as an example, of like rock bottom for the world. Because he said, don't imagine the Prophet was saying, there will be life even after Ajudah Majuj. That means Ajudah Majuj will be the end of many lives. Think about it. You know, if 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 you go to someone, for example, and you you say, you know what? Uh, like let's say I'm gonna give you like a again a silly example. Like you you're watching a movie. And there's this like one terrible movie that you watched and you just can't stand it. It sucks so bad. You can't even believe that they made that movie, okay? Then someone comes to you and says what? You know what? There are plenty of good movies that are being made even after they made that movie that you just watched, the, the, the bad movie. Let's call it Movie X, right? So if someone comes and says, there will be making movies even after they made that X movie. Because X movie is the worst movie probably anybody you know had ever seen. But there's a glimpse of hope. Like, again, it's rock bottom. That movie X is rock bottom. And then people are saying, but there's hope. You know, like uh, hope at the end of the tunnel. There's hope. There's light at the end of the tunnel. That's the light. There's, there's Don't worry. 
people start will keep making movies even after that movie, that terrible worst movie of all time. So this is the thing. The Prophet is saying, don't worry, there will be life, there will be civilization, there will be normality, even after Yajuj Majuj. That tells you that literally the time of Yajuj Majuj will end a lot of things. Again, mass extinction. It's actually a glimpse of hope for certain people, but it also it's kind of dark. Like if you analyze the hadith, it's 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 dark. It's it's depressing because it shows that Yajuj and Majuj will truly end almost all of civilization. Will end. Uh, you will again. Will end a lot of people. You know. Uh, will take. They will take the lives of most people on earth. To the degree that the Prophet is saying, even after Yajuj and Majuj, there will be some life. There will be normality. Subhanallah. So anyway. Uh, they uh, basically Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, mean, Meanwhile They're spreading now They're going everywhere So meanwhile Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Will inspire uh, Jesus Christ uh, Remember Jesus Christ and Al-Mahdi And the believers Were still alive After they defeated uh, The Dajjal the, the Antichrist So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Will inspire Jesus Christ And he will tell him Harriz ibadi bi tur Take my slaves The believers and go to the mountain of Tur. Look here. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't say, go and face Ya'juj and Ma'juj. And I got you back. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did with the Antichrist, remember? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made, caused the Antichrist to melt once he saw Prophet Isa alayhi salam, Prophet, you know, Jesus Christ, peace be upon him. Once he saw him, he melted. You know, Jesus did not like was not like a battle, and he kind of stabbed him. No, no, he melted because Allah is the one who caused his ending, not Jesus Christ. But he made it on the hands of Jesus Christ. Allah made him a cause, right? Okay. Now this is look at this scenario. Now, Jesus Christ comes in. The believers are in a desperate situation. We're talking about the Antichrist situation. The the believers are in a very desperate situation, but he comes in with his, you know. Um, with his spear, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala causes uh, Antichrist to melt, and there's victory, right? Now, the interesting part is, not too long after, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will also inform Jesus Christ, hey, the nation of Yajuj and Majuj, they're coming for you, for everyone. Don't face them. Don't. Now, a question here, do you think Allah can't, let Jesus Christ and the believers win over Yajuj and Majuj? Of course Allah can. There's nothing Allah cannot do. Okay, but why? Now, like I always say, don't try to find out the wisdom of something that will happen in the future. Allah has a wisdom, right? But it's a different type of trial this time. If you want to extrapolate from the situation, it's a different type of trial. And Allah has a wisdom. Allah has a wisdom. We'll get to it. We'll get to what Allah will do. But my point is, don't try to start questioning why would Allah, you know, you think Allah can't, won't let Jesus Christ win? Allah would if he wanted to, but Allah did not want to and will not want to at the time. You understand? Stop asking, because I know a lot of people, they get into this, why would Allah do this? Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually said, I ask you what you do. You do not ask me what I do. You understand? This is actually mentioned in the Quran. In the chapter of Anbiya, verse number 23, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said what? لا يسألوا عما يفعل وهم يسألون 
You do not ask Allah what he does. But you will be asked as human beings. You get it? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for a wisdom, he will uh, inspire or communicate with Jesus Christ and tells him, take Al-Mahdi, take everyone with you and go to the mountain of Tur. Now here's the interesting part. The mountain of Tur, there are two mountains of Tours, by the way. There's one by uh, in Egypt and there's one in Palestine. The mountain where Prophet Moses, Prophet Musa salam, used to talk to Allah by or at, it's called the mountain of Tur. Now they changed the name. To, uh, in the, you know, in Egypt they called it the Jeb, the the mountain of Musa, Jabal Musa, the mountain of Musa. But it's also called the mountain of Tur, by the way. And there is a mountain of Tur in Palestine. So we have two mountains of Tur in two Muslim countries now. We don't know which Allah never mentioned which one, or the Prophet ﷺ in the Hadith never mentioned to us which one Allah. Of course, Jesus Christ at the time will know which one. Right, but we don't have a clear, explicit answer which mountain of Tur, the one in Egypt or the one in Palestine. However, if we want to use some logic, some logic, and again, we could be wrong because we don't have a text, but there's nothing contradicting that. It will be the one in Palestine because they were the. By the way, the battle with the Antichrist, the battle with Jesus Christ against the Antichrist, it was in Palestine. Remember, it was in Jerusalem. So it makes sense, go to the mountain of Tur in Palestine. Again, it could be the one in Egypt, but traveling, all the believers traveling to Egypt is kind of far-fetched. Nothing is far-fetched for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but I'm saying since we don't have explicit text, it could be either or. Logically speaking, again, and I'm not saying everything has to be logical. We're talking about the you know time of, of miracles and, 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 and supernatural uh, events taking place. But again, I think it would make more sense that it will be the mountain of Tur in Palestine. And this is my own speculation, a speculation of many scholars, but I'm just saying it's just a speculation. There's no solid proof which mountain of Tur. We know for a fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell Isa uh, salam, Jesus Christ, take the believers, and hide, seek refuge in the mountain of Tur. No questions asked here. You have to do that. Let's just go now. And that's exactly what will happen. Jesus Christ will, you know, gather all the believers, including the Mahdi, and they will all go and seek refuge in the mountain of Tur. During that time now, during that time, Juj Majuj will literally, in, 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 a, in a very fast and rapid uh, way, they will take over every single land on earth. With their number, with that massive number, they will every every land they pass by, they can completely take over and build fortresses in it, and it's insane, right? It's insane, and they're very fast, by the way. So we mentioned that they have, they're not your average human being. They are human beings. Don't hear any kind of you know mythical, uh, you know, uh, fake fabricated stories about Yajuja Majus. They are human beings, right? And every town they pass by, they kill everyone. They take over. The, they basically invade the town, and no one, no one can stand against them, right? And they are doing this very rapidly and very aggressively, taking over every spot on earth. Now, one of the things they will do, they will pass by the lake of Tabaria. This is a very famous hadith, by the way. They will pass by... The Lake of Tabaria, which is basically the Lake Tiberias in Syria. It's in Syria. And they 
will drink its water until it becomes dry. Again, they will pass by the lake of Tabaria and they will literally drink all of its water until it just becomes soil, sand. There will be no, not even a drop of water in that lake. It's insane, right? Let me put that in context. First of all, the Prophet I'm telling us the story that the first one, again, they are running. It's again, it's literally a swarm of people. It's a swarm. They're swarming everywhere. They're passing by every town, killing everyone, killing everything, taking over and moving on, moving on, moving on. So there's a swarm of them, right? So it is said that they will pass by the, the lake of Tabaria. And the first one, the Prophet is telling us, the first one of them will drink from the water. Look at the look at this insane uh, context here. By the time the last one will pass by the lake, look at this. He will say what? I heard there was a lake here before. Imagine this. Again, they are going everywhere in in a form of a swarm. They're going, they're just they're not stopping, right? They're a swarm of people. So imagine this. The first one that shows you the, their numbers and their aggressiveness. The first one will start drinking from that lake. And by the time the last one will pass by, because they're going again, they're moving on, right? By the time the, the last one will pass by the lake, he will say, oh, there used to be a lake here. You see this land? <laughs> it's land. There's no water in it. It's land. Oh, yeah, there used to be a lake called the Lake of Tabaria here. I, I know that there was a lake here. People said that. Now, we're talking about people in, in terms of like their circles. Like while they, you know, word spread, right? In that swarm, they were saying, oh, there's a lake here. There was a lake here. It's insane. It shows you the numbers. By the time there was a lake here, what kind of swarm is that? How many people are in that swarm? It's insane. That's number one. Okay. Number two. So you can keep this drinking the lake of Tobare, the water of the lake of Tobare in context. That lake is so massive, that lake of Tobare or Tiberius Lake, is so massive that it fed the crops and people for around 3,000 years. Again, it fed crops and people, vegetations and everything, like civilizations were built around the Lake of Tabari, the Tiberius Lake. Civilizations, imagine, for 3,000 years. Then the group of the nation of Ya'ajaj Majuj, they came, passed by it, drank all of its water, moved on. By the way, not even all of them drank the water, because like I said, the, the people who will come at last, they will say, well, there used to be a lake here. What kind of people are they? Or they will be. What kind of people the people the nation of Yajaj will be? That they will drink such a massive the water of such a massive lake that fed people and civilizations and crops and for three thousand years. In one walk, basically, it was gone. The water was gone. It shows you they're not normal. They're not normal. SubhanAllah. Now me, Meanwhile, like while this is taking place, Jesus Christ and the believers are hiding now in the mountain of Tur. And this will be the trial for them, for the believers. 
fear. Fear of the unknown. They did not, by the way, they could not come across the nation of Yajidim. Like, for example, to just compare, you could have came across the Antichrist and you could have survived. The Prophet said, do not be where he will be, right? But some believe, like that believer, remember, who will, yes, he will eventually not survive, but there is a give and take. There is a conversation. There is a chance. If you follow me, the Jesus, you know, the Antichrist will say, if you follow me, you will be saved, right? No, it's a different story. They see you, you're dead. There's no argument. There's no talk. It's not like, hey, let's negotiate. There's no negotiating. They see a living creature dead. So the believers won't even be in the same area where Yajujamajuj will be at. Them, Jesus Christ, led by Jesus Christ and Al-Mahdi, they will go to the mountain of Tur, seek refuge, and the fear of that insane, like that, 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 that like extinction level event that's taking place by this massive, unstoppable army. Unstoppable army. They are unstoppable. They will be unstoppable. You can't stop them. Even Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told, because Allah could have stopped them with this, and Allah will, but I'm saying, like, even Allah to show the believers that this is a serious matter, instead of Allah saying, go face them and I will make you win, no, that was a test. And now we can see a little bit of the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The test for the believers will be what? Go, hide in the mountain, make dua. And you might survive. That's all you need to do. Just make dua. There's no sword battle. There's no you know, war taking place. There's no uh, Jesus Christ peace be upon him with a spear. None of that. You will not be able to do any of that. Go and seek you know, refuge in the mountain and make dua basically to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's it. And that was the true test of this trial. Patience. And battling fear and trusting in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because by the way, their lives in that mountain. Because again, think about it this way. It's not like they're going to go hide in a cave in that mountain and that until the Ajudah Majush pass by. No. There will be life. Guys, the Prophet mentions there will be trading. There will be market within within that mountain. It's a huge mountain. Within the cracks, you know, cracks of that like mountain, there will be dealings and, and life a, a difficult very difficult life again it's the post-apocalypse you know people are being massacred everywhere but there is this group of you know survivors basically the group of survivors who are talking and dealing with one another and here's something very interesting that the prophet told us about you know that will happen in that kind of community community of believers look at this the prophet said the believers, Jesus Christ and the believers will remain there for so long. Again, we're talking about trillions of people, right? Will remain there for so long that they will start to experience starvation. Because they will have food with them. They will bring food. They will try to, you know, uh, do something regarding food. But then the time will be so long that they will start, will start to starve. And there will be dehydration, thirst. Here's the thing. For those of them who own a ram, the head of a ram will be more expensive than a thousand gold dinars. 
the head of a ram, the head of a ram will be more expensive. This is explicit in the hadith. The Prophet is mentioning this specifically. The head of a ram will be more expensive than a thousand gold dinars. Estimated by today's money, about $30,000. Can you imagine the head of a ram is more, it's, it's about $30,000. Just the head. It's insane. There, it will be a very difficult trial for the believers. Again, the final major trial, inshallah, but a difficult one. Because it does not require fighting. There's no fighting. There's no sword fighting. There's no let's meet their armies. No, 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 none of that. Fear of leaving this or fear of just discovering them. And to battle that fear, you have to have trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? Trust in Allah. That's key here. Trusting in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is key for them to survive and be patient. And of course, the biggest trial for them at that moment will be patience. Because they will face inner problems. Like within, they will face challenges, which is starvation. People are getting weak. People are very thirsty. Again, expensive. You know, the head of a ram is like around $30,000. And it's, it's, it's very um, it's it's a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It will be a test. Beside the idea of Ya'juj and even. It's because of them, this test is you know happening to the believers. Okay. Now, on the outside now, going back to Ya'juj uh, and when they kill everyone and everything, look at this. Look how arrogant they are or they will be. Once they literally destroy almost, again, there will be very few disbelievers out there who will survive. Very few. But once they kill almost every soul on earth, right? Look at this. The Prophet tells us this. They will say, we just killed all of the inhabitants of earth. Proudly, huh? in an arrogant way. We just killed all the inhabitants of earth. Look at this. They will look at the sky. They will look up. And they will say, now it's time to kill the inhabitants of the heavens, a.k.a. the angels. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. They will be so arrogant because of their numbers, their strength, whatever they have, right? That they think we murdered every human being. We murdered every animal. We murdered even bacteria. We killed every living soul. But those souls, they are the inhabitants of earth. They will look up and they will say, time to kill the inhabitants of the heavens. Talking about the angels. Do you see how arrogant they will be? Insane. Insane. Then they will lift up their bows and arrows. And they will, f and they are very strong, by the way. So their bows and arrows will literally disappear in the sky. Will go up and disappear for a while. Again, they are so strong. Imagine this: that you have a bow and arrow, and when you fire it up the sky, your arrow disappears. That means they are very strong. Subhanallah. So they're basically all of them, the entire army, the entire you know massive. Big number army will they will lift their bows and arrows, and again it shows you there will be no technology at the time, right? It's very obvious now, and they will fire at the sky. Then their arrows will disappear for a while, 
because of the strength of you know their shots and then the arrows will fall back and when they fall back they will be filled with blood and they will celebrate we have killed now the inhabitants of the heavens what just happened let's talk about that what just happened what is this did they actually kill the angels no they didn't no they didn't so what happened okay allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he sees that you are incredibly unredeemably arrogant allah causes your arrogance to increase Allah lures you in, tempts you even more to become worse and more arrogant. It's, it's because of you. You are an evil person and Allah will make you even become more evil. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they had this ridiculous idea, ridiculous claim that they could reach the heavens with their arrows. So they will fire up. So Allah to make it worse and to make their arrogance even bigger... He will return their arrows back to them with blood, with, like with blood in it. The arrows will go, go back to to Yajuja Majuj with with blood in those arrows. And once they see the blood in the arrows, they're gonna oh, we now we're able to we, we murdered the angels. First of all, angels don't have blood like us, but of course they're too arrogant to see that. They will be too arrogant to see that. Angels made out of light; they don't have bodies like us, and angels can't be reached. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know? But Allah is, and the Prophet is explaining, Allah is increasing their arrogance, feeding their arrogance, because they are complete disbelievers. They're complete disbelievers. So Allah is feeding their arrogance by basically making them believe that they were able to kill the angels, that this is blood. So Allah put blood in their arrows to make them believe falsely believe that they murdered the angels and they will start to celebrate <laughs> it shows you they are it, it, they're not normal they're not normal now meanwhile jesus christ and the believers they are in a very dark situation they are really hungry fear is still there they don't know what's happening right and they are being tested inside the mountain of Tur. But all they have, and that was their test, and they passed it by doing this. All they had to do was supplication to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Praying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Oh Allah, take us out of this. Pray day and night. Read Quran. Allah, oh Allah. Oh Allah, help us. Oh Allah, forgive us. Oh Allah, make this go away. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by the way, through also Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ will lift his hand, by the way, he's a prophet. Don't forget that. What does that mean? When prophets make dua, Allah accepts it immediately. So, of course, from the beginning of the, of the, the, the trial, Jesus Christ has been making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But Allah will was testing the belief. That's why Allah didn't immediately end yeah, or didn't immediately you know, allow them to go out. Allah wanted to test the believers. And again, like I said, this is the final major trial for mankind. Final major trial. And it will, of course, it will be major, like you, see, you can see. So Jesus Christ is praying, making dua to Allah. Uh, Al-Mahdi is making dua to Allah. All the believers are making dua to Allah. 
And now Allah responds. What will Allah do? SubhanAllah. Look at this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, while after this ridiculous celebration that the people of Yajjaj and Majjaj will, will, will do, they will celebrate. Oh, we killed all the inhabitants now. We have the heavens, even though they can't reach the heavens, right? So why kill the angels, quote unquote, kill the angels in the first place? God knows. But anyway, they're again too arrogant. Uh, so we killed everyone. We are celebrating. It's just us on earth now. <laughs> SubhanAllah. Right? Look at this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they will go to sleep. They will sleep. Of course, again, they are trillions, right? So they will sleep uh, like in, in the land, in, in the forests, on mountains. The, God knows they will be spreading in different, I'm assuming different continents or different countries at least. Different countries at least. While they're asleep, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will command a worm, a worm called a nagaf. Look up that worm, a nagaf. By the way, that worm lives in the noses of camels. That worm lives in the nose of a camel. It's a tiny worm. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will command that worm and again, we're not talking about, it's not just one worm. We're talking about the species of that, or that type of worms, right? Though they will come out from earth while they're asleep, from inside of earth. They will come up to the surface and there will be probably a worm for every one of the people of Yajuj and Majuj. Ratio now is one to one. Do you see that? Their numbers will not matter at that moment. And that worm, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will command those worms to basically go and bite the necks and go inside the necks of the people of Yajuj and Majuj and they will die as one person. They will start screaming from pain and they will die. All of them at once. Allah, that nation that will cause mass extinction all of them, every single one of them will die because of a worm. One worm will kill one of them. Every one worm will kill one of them. Can you imagine? They will die because of a worm. Shows you the greatness and the mightiness of Allah. Allah has soldiers that we do not see, such as these worms. Remember the worm, the story of King Solomon? When he was, he commanded the jinn to build him a building, to have a building made for him and built for him. And he was sitting there watching them and he was leaning on his cane and he passed away. He died. Now the jinn kept working for a long time and King Solomon was, to them, he was just, you know, leaning and, and facing them. And maybe he was closing his eyes for a nap or he had his eyes open. So they thought, okay, he's watching us. Then as a mercy to the jinn, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent a worm that ate the bottom of his cane. The cane broke, he fell, and they realized he died. Do not underestimate worms and anything. Come on, coronavirus? Anybody? You guys rings any bells? Coronavirus. A virus. Not even a worm, a virus. Tiny creature. Tiny, tiny creature. Look what it did to the world. Look what it did to the world. It's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands that worm, an-Naghaf, to kill 
every worm would kill every one of uh, the people of Yajuj and Majuj. They start screaming out loud. And of course, when they scream, what happens? The whole world shakes. And that's exactly what happened because when they started screaming, the people, the, the believers in the mountain of Tur, they started hearing it and they started freaking out because they don't know what's going on outside now. Are they coming for us? Is this like a, a battle cry? What's happening here? And they started screaming, 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 and then they immediately died. As a, the Prophet said, as a one person, they all died at once. Look at the mightiness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wallahi subhanallah. Now, the believers, now this is this is the end for Yajuj and Majuj. Like the title. Their rise, they will control and they will invade and they will cause mass extinction. They will take over every single land. And that now is the fall. They died because of a worm. SubhanAllah. By the way, what we know right now that Jesus Christ won't know then. Do you understand? He is being tested with everybody else. It's not like he's withholding information that Allah told him what will happen. No. He's genuinely, you know, being tested and he's genuinely worried what's going on outside. Now, some might say, well, regarding the believers, you know, the ones who are stuck now in, in, in the mountain of Tur, don't they know what we know right now? Like, you know, they're believers, right? So the, even Jesus Christ, doesn't he know what the Prophet ﷺ told us? Doesn't he know what the Quran told us? Why is he scared? Why is he making dua to Allah? Like, you know, these questions, by the way, a lot of people ask. Like, why are they, how are they being tested when they already know it's in our books? It's in our Islamic, you know, knowledge. The Prophet ﷺ, it's in our hadith, it's in our Quran. So that means Jesus Christ would know that, okay, this is what's going to happen. And this, you know, he will uh, be inside the mountain of Tur. And then, you know, Juj will die uh, by a worm, you know, the, the worm of Nagaf. And all the believers, they know this because we know it. We're the average Muslim, right? If you, you want to call us the average Muslim. We know this. So if we are, you know, if it happens that we are the ones with, you know, uh, Prophet Isa alayhi salam, we would know this, so why would we be scared in the first place? You know, where's the test in this? Because we already know. Well, the scholars, and again, this is a pure speculation, and it kind of makes sense. The scholars, they basically said that, yeah, though those people, they will be believers, but they wouldn't know these stories. Because, you know, when the time comes, by the time that Jesus Christ, you know, will come back, and the Antichrist, and yeah, Juj Majuj, that amount of information that we have from the hadith will be minor and for the sake of the test the people at the time the believers at the time won't know any of this it will be some sort of a lost knowledge makes sense it makes sense because again if they already knew this why would they be even scared why would they be even tested they already know the outcome do you guys understand? If the believers at the time already know the outcome like we know the outcome of you know such events, how would they be tested? They won't be tested. They won't be because they already know the outcome, right? So the scholars are saying, you know, it makes sense that because the religion will decrease. Uh, you know, the, the, the closer we get to the Day of Judgment, religion will decrease. And even though they are believers, but some of the, the ahadith, uh, of course, Quran won't change. But some of the meanings and the interpretations of the Quran and ahadith won't reach such believers. So that's one opinion. You know, that's the opinion that, you know, the majority of people won't 
um, uh, like this knowledge, the transferred knowledge, you know, won't be uh, fully there towards the, you know, the day of judgment, towards the major signs. That's why they won't know how to prepare. That's why, think about it, that believer during the time of the Antichrist, the believer who will come out of Medina to face the Antichrist and tell him that you are a disbeliever, he won't know that. He won't know the outcome. So you, you know what I mean? It's it's not a, a, a self-fulfilled prophecy. It won't be like that. No, it will be more like those people at the time, which makes me believe, inshallah, we won't be from them because we already know this knowledge. But that will bring me to the second uh, option. But the first option is, or the first possibility, is that those people won't have the full knowledge that we have right now about the you know, the major signs. Hence, they will be tested normally because they don't know the outcome. They won't know the outcome then. Now, the second opinion or the second option or the second possibility is that people will know, but with the craziness of the events, they will completely forget. They will completely forget. Again, people already know, okay, they read that this is going to happen. But then when they are in the midst of the events, in the midst of the global extinction, they will completely forget what's going on. And hence, again, they will be trapped. Now, I agree with the uh, the first opinion first because it makes more sense. And Jesus Christ, by the way, he's in the heavens. He's alive right now. We know that. He's alive right now. Allah didn't tell him what's going to happen. Allah told the Prophet and Allah told us. That doesn't mean we're better than him. Of course we're not. Prophets and messengers are on a different level from human beings. However, he was will be sent to earth for a specific task and Allah won't let him know this you know, in advance, uh, because again, Allah will subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah will lead, uh, will make cause Jesus Christ to lead the believers and to make dua to the believers and to face the trials with the believers. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala won't tell him and won't inform him what the outcome will be. We know, which makes me believe that we won't be from the believers like that time won't, won't come during our lifetime, inshallah. Uh, but yeah, and by the way, remember, we said one of the major things before the emergence of the jail of the Antichrist is what? People will stop talking about him. Remember that. The Prophet ﷺ said the jail will come out, the Antichrist will come out in a time where people will stop talking about him. And again, like we mentioned before, whether they forgotten about him or there's not, there's a lot of distractions in the world. And the same thing could be about Yajuj and Majuj. So there's no contradiction because I know some people are like, well, how are they being tested, the believers, when they already know what we know now? That doesn't make any sense. They already know the outcome. Well, now we have two, you know, one or two possibilities. Either they won't get that that this information won't, you know, survive basically to the to the end of time. Hence, they will lose some of this information and they won't be prepared because they don't know or they won't know. Or they will be distracted with this whole global event of, you know, extinction and people just dying everywhere. They will completely forget about what will happen and their knowledge of the matter. And hence, they will also be tested. God knows. Again, I agree with the first opinion. It makes more sense to me. Same thing as the Jed, like same, same thing as the Antichrist. People will stop talking about the Antichrist. Many people won't know about the existence of the Antichrist and, you know, his story and what will happen, which makes me believe that it will be more of a matter of, uh, you know, people losing their religious knowledge. Like Islam, kind of the Islamic knowledge about the Day of Judgment will decrease until, you know, we get there. Now, the believers, Jesus Christ and the believers inside the mountain of truth, they don't know what's going on outside. Uh, because there was a loud scream, right? There was a screaming, and there is now silence. 
So every all the believers are like, what just happened? What's going on? So they will, uh, someone will volunteer. One of them will volunteer to do some scouting, to go and check what's going on. And that person will literally, because of the dire situation and they know how dangerous Jujet Majuj you know, will be, he will consider himself a martyr. He's going to be a martyr. Like, I'm, I'm going to sacrifice myself just to tell you, to see if I can tell you something or not, of what's going on outside. He will literally get out and look through, you know, from the mountain, and he will see all their bodies laying there. Again, they're massive in numbers. So they will be spread out in, God knows, different countries, many countries, multiple countries, right? He will run back and tell, you know, to tell Jesus Christ and the rest of the believers they are all dead. Allahu Akbar, then they will shout, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. They will go and they will come out safely and they will see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepted their dua because they were patient. But here's the interesting part. The smell of the bodies will be unbearable. Imagine you have trillions of dead bodies laying everywhere around you and they died, you know, by a worm and they had filthy bodies they were you know the worst of disbelievers right they had filthy bodies and now their bodies are you know their dead bodies stink it will be that the smell will be so unbearable that jesus christ will make dua to allah to remove those bodies he will say oh allah that smell is unbearable please take it away oh allah can you imagine Again, imagine the number of bodies just everywhere around them. Then subhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will of course answer the dua by sending birds with very long necks. By the way, those birds don't exist in our time right now. Those birds are going to be specially coming down from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during that one specific situation, you know, for that one specific task. Which, what is the task? They will carry all the bodies. Of course, we're talking about trillions of, of, of birds, God knows. They will carry the bodies and they will take them and fly away and disappear. No one will know where their bodies, the bodies went. They will disappear. Imagine, trillions of bodies. Again, we're assuming there will be trillions at the time, right? We don't know. God knows the numbers. I'm just giving you, again, it's just an example. But imagine trillions of bodies disappeared completely by birds with long necks. They're not, again, birds from this world. They're not known to us. Those birds will only come out during that time for that specific task. So the birds will carry all the bodies, carry all the bodies, and they will take the bodies of Ya'juj and Majuj and fly away. Subhanallah, Wallah. Then, of course, the, the earth is still filthy by, you know, because of their blood and their, you know, they're disgusting. The smell is still, it's the majority of the smell went away, but still earth is, feels corrupt. And by the way, it's metaphorically and physically, it looks corrupt with their, with their you know, with their uh, uh, blood. It looks corrupt. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will command the sky to rain a very special type of rain. Very heavy rain. Rain, the Prophet describes, never ever was sent such rain to earth before that time, before that moment. That rain, that type of rain, that amount of rain was never sent to earth before. 
and it will be sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it will wash everything. The Prophet said, there's not a single inch on earth. Imagine this. Even inside of mountains, even, you know, cracks inside mountains, even in caves, there's not a single inch on earth that that rain won't reach. Now, for example, if you want to like look at a cave, the rain could be so massive that it will make waves of water that will enter the cave. Again, not a single inch on earth that won't be touched by that rain. Think about that for a second. This is a very majestic, special type of rain that never was sent, uh, was never sent to earth before. That rain will come down and it will wash earth. Completely wash earth. And after it washes earth, it, as if the Prophet said, that earth will be reborn again. The Prophet said, it will mark a new era for the planet itself. For earth itself. And the people in it, which is the believers. And some of the disbelievers will talk about, they will, they will be very minor and We'll, we'll, we'll talk about how they will be you know, dealt with and what's going to happen. But for now, it's just everything is reborn. The believers will be washed with that, you know, with that rain. Every spot, every inch on earth will be washed with that rain. And earth will be clean. Clean slate. New beginning. Brand new earth. SubhanAllah. Then the believers will live a happy life under the ruling of the new king. He will be a king because he's no longer a prophet. That's why we said the Prophet ﷺ was the last prophet. When Jesus Christ comes back, by the way, he was sent as a prophet before. He was sent with a message before, right? He was not the final messenger because after him came Prophet Muhammad ﷺ, right? But he will come back as a fighter, as a king sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's still a prophet, but he's not coming back to practice his prophethood. He's not coming with a message to you know tell people. He's As a matter of fact, he will follow the sharia of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa We'll talk about that inshallah in the next episode. But yeah, everyone will live a peaceful life in a brand new earth uh, during the time of Jesus Christ. Peace be upon him. He will be the leader of uh, of. Basically, the Muslims and everyone uh, at that time. Thank you so much for listening. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.